Alrighty, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 30th day of May 2023. Happy Tuesday. It feels like it should be the end of May, but May just ain't going to quit. It's just not going to call it a day, May. Alright, I am Derek Hunter. I'm your host. Appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, spreading the word and all that good stuff. Hope you're having a wonder, had a wonderful Memorial Day. By the time you listen to this, it is Memorial Day for me as I record this and uh, action-packed bunch of stuff going on i'll tell you about it at the end of the show won't clutter up the top just will say we have a winner in the book contest and i will tell you who got which book and then it's a special sort of pseudo i guess it's sports um contest for this week which will bleed into next week because of the shortened week i'll explain all of it. it's going to be kind of a short show because there's really frankly not that much going on today but I do want to talk about the uh, the debt limit deal. And you sit there and you watch this and you're probably frustrated. If you're, I assume you're more right-leaning than left-leaning. You're into conservatism and fiscal responsibility more so than liberal Democrats are. But in all honesty, this is this has all been kabuki theater. <laughs> there's a deal will be both sides be able to sell their deal we don't know all the right people on both sides are grousing about it and look i have respect for the people who play their roles and i have respect for the people who are on the right saying this is not good enough this doesn't really do anything you got chip roy you got mike lee you got these people who are serious solid conservatives out there um sounding the alarm if you will for lack of a better word but even they know this is, it's just for show. The deal is the deal. The deal was always going to be the deal. It was never going to be a great deal for either side, for anybody involved. That's just how these things work. They cut some sort of weird, weak-ass middle ground that nobody's happy about. And the people who need to go, oh, this is ridiculous. I can't support this. And they go, all right, well, that's fine. We've got your vote more than made up for, so you're free to go and do that. And the, the same people on the left, like, oh, they shouldn't give anything to Republicans and draconian cuts and blah, blah, blah. There's no draconian cuts. There's minor course corrections, if you can even call them that, that can easily be waived. It's garbage. But it's the best deal you're going to get. And I sit there and you know I, I get the message from you. This is a surrender that, no, there, there's nothing else to get. What is it that you expect Kevin McCarthy to get? You can say Kevin McCarthy's a sellout, Kevin McCarthy's tool. You want to say it, I'm not going to defend Kevin McCarthy. But I will say that there was no deal to be gotten. You either pot commit to just going, I'm never raising this, and I don't care what you do, and damn the torpedoes, and I'm going to let this whole thing go straight to hell, and good luck, you come back to me after three months of government shutdowns and, <coughs> and misery, and then you're ready to negotiate. The time for testicular fortitude is long since past. The time to stand up for what is right is long since past. It will come around again. It's in the budget process. Shut down the government. Don't use the idea of default, even though it's garbage and we're going to default at some point. You've lost the PR war on this one. Start preparing for the PR war on the next one. 
Because sooner, if you really are serious, I don't honestly know if Kevin McCarthy is serious. I know that Joe Biden and the Democrats aren't serious. I know that, as evidenced by, what do you see? We've got a $32 trillion debt, and what happens every time a Democrat opens up their mother? I want to tax millionaires and billionaires. Oh, so we can pay down the debt? Well, that might be something worth talking. No, so I can spend it on more stuff. Wait a second. We've got $32 trillion in debt on credit cards, essentially, and you're talking about wanting to take out a couple of more visas? That's, you're not serious if you do that. And actually, they are serious. They're just serious in a different way. They're not serious about tackling the debt crisis because they don't see it as a crisis. They see it as a means to an end. The total and complete collapse of the United States economy is their goal because then and only then can they really fully remake it the way they want to. So they said, we're going to raise taxes on the millionaires and the millionaires to be fair and whatever, and then we're going to spend it on this, that, and the other thing. Like, wait a second. Wait a second. What the hell? What do you mean you're going to spend it? How about you pay back what you... It's like somebody owes you 100 bucks, and they go, look, I need 100 bucks. Let me have 100 bucks. And you go, hey, you haven't acknowledged for the past six months that you owe me 100 bucks. I'm not going to give you another. You got to give me another $100 or I'll burn down your house. Wait a second, what? Yeah, no, I'll shoot your car up. I'll set your car on fire, whatever it is. I'll do whatever. You're not really negotiating with that person anymore. Or they say, well, then I'll just declare bankruptcy. If you won't loan me this money, I'll declare bankruptcy. Well, you'll never be able to, I'll never pay you back if I declare bankruptcy. But if you give me $100 now... I might go to the casino and uh, bet with that. And who knows? I could win. I could win $500 and then I'd be able to pay you back your $200. So otherwise, I'm never paying you back. So do you sit there and do you keep digging or do you just go, all right, I'm done digging. I can't dig. Democrats want to keep digging because they want the whole hole to collapse in on us so they can then replace it with what they've wanted to do forever. Republicans, some of them wanted to stop digging, some of them are serious. All of them pretend to. That's the thing that's most frustrating about this. When it came to Obamacare, why every Republican was elected, I'll repeal Obamacare so fast. You won't even know what hit Obamacare. I'll destroy, I'll, I'll poop on Obamacare's grave. That's how much I hate Obamacare. And then a bunch of them said, I don't know about this. I'm not sure about what we're replacing it with. If we replace it with something that's worse, then we own the problem. And you're like, what the hell happened? All of these fiscal restraint, fiscal responsibility conservatives, in quotes, these Republicans, these rhinos, really, went to Washington, D.C. on the Tea Party tail. And what did a lot of, not all of them, what, what did a lot of them do? They started pissing away money like drunken sailors again. They went absolutely crazy. They didn't even slow down. They didn't miss a beat. See, it's different. Democrats waste money, whereas Republicans, we spend it the way it should be. No, you don't. Democrats at least don't bother to pretend that they care about government spending or debt. Occasionally, they say they want more revenue so they can spend more money, but they don't really care about the debt. They don't even pretend. Republicans pretend. So when they have the reins, and this will be unpopular, but it's true, under President Trump, the national debt went up by $7 trillion. Yes, some of that was unavoidable, 
Well, no, it wasn't actually unavoidable, but it was COVID related. So at the time, an argument could be made that it was unavoidable. But that doesn't explain all of it. That doesn't explain most of it, as a matter of fact. It was that there was no real attempt to rein in spending whatsoever. The Obama administration had blown up spending. Their stimulus bill, they just rolled it right into the baseline and continued. It was supposed to be a one-time spending. They made it permanent. Joe Biden's trying to do the same thing with his trillion and $2 trillion spending. That's what they do. They don't care about the consequences. Joe Biden will be long since dead. And if he's not, he'll still be rich by the time everything goes to hell for the rest of us. He doesn't care. It's about him dragging his own wrinkled ass over the finish line in the election. That's it. As for Republicans, it's largely because they can't message. They can't talk. They don't know what in the hell they're doing. They really don't. The other side is spending like crazy. And unfortunately, there are so many Republicans ruining the brand and joining in the wild spending that they can't sit there and say in a unit. One thing you say about Democrats is they're unified. There isn't a whole lot of dissent over there. There's some grousing from the people that, you know, look, I can't vote for this. It would ruin my brand. Okay. But in general, if they needed AOC, AOC would vote for it. If they needed her, she she voted for Ukraine funding. She's a team player. She's not this outstanding individualist who's really only there because she cares. No, she doesn't give it. She doesn't know about most things. She doesn't understand them. She doesn't bother educating herself on them because she doesn't have to. What's the point in educating yourself on them? She can speak in platitudes. She can, her TikTok audience and Twitter audience don't really give a damn. Nobody on Instagram is going to fact check her. At least nobody that anybody who cares about her will care about. So she doesn't have to. She can sit at home and cook and play video games and stream it live on TV rather than read a briefing book rather than read a policy paper and, God forbid, ever read something that she already doesn't in principle agree with going into. Her vote doesn't matter. They need a majority in the House, they'll get it. They need a majority in the Senate, they'll get it. They'll get it. They'll get, they need cloture in the Senate. They'll likely get that too. I don't really like this bill, but I can't stand in the way of default, blah, 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 and Republicans will go along with Democrats. This will get done. It was always going to get done. So now you're seeing the Kabuki theater afterwards, the afterglow, the, the part where some people go, I can't vote for this and nobody should vote for this and call your member of, con- call your member of Congress. Go ahead. I doubt highly your member of Congress gives a damn. I'm just hating to tell you that, but it's true. On most of these things, Republican or Democrat, their votes are baked into the cake. And quite frankly, by the time it comes time to vote for any of these people, you will have long forgotten, and they're counting on this, we will all have long forgotten about this battle. Name one person who, quote, sold out in the last debt ceiling battle. Name one. Try and find it. Go to Google. Try and look it up. You might be able to find one, but you'd have to sit there and try and think of even the search parameters. And then you'll probably try and sit there and go, when the hell was the last time they raised the debt limit? What was this? What was that? What was the other thing? All of those things are true. By next week, if this thing passes this week, nobody will be thinking about it anymore because it doesn't matter. 
This is how you end up with $32 trillion in debt. The attention span of a gnat on all of us and politicians who are about the immediate. They'll kick the can down the road, not worrying about how far away that dead end sign is. They just want to be out of it by the time they get there. And then there are some people who on the left want to destroy everything and on the right actually do want to stop the insanity, save us from this crap. But they are few and far between and they have no vote. And you can sit there and be mad at Kevin McCarthy all you want. And it's good PR if you're part of a news organization or conservative action group or whatever. You grouse about Kevin McCarthy. Congratulations. Your fundraising, your memberships, whatever it is, will likely increase over your grousing about Kevin McCarthy. But what else was going to happen? Realistically, what else was going to happen? You can't sit down. Imagine the negotiation there. Because, again, this is what Democrats want. The negotiation is you walk across a room and walk into a room and sitting across from you is somebody who wants to murder you and your family. Well, let's put it this way. Across the table is Osama bin Laden, still alive. And you sit down. Now, Osama bin Laden wants to kill you and every American that he can. Well, you don't want any American killed. Where's the middle ground in that? Do you say you can kill some Americans? No, you can't do that. So what do you do? How do you negotiate with somebody who believes in what they're doing to the point that they don't care about the consequences? They don't care. Hell, people being hurt is part of the plan. So what do you do? What is your opening offer to somebody who wants you destroyed? There is no opening offer. There is nothing. In the budget process, you hold your ground. But in this case... You just do it and move on. I'm sorry, it's horrible. I know I'm a squish or whatever, but I'm just realistic. This was always going to happen because it would fall apart otherwise. On the budget is where you stand your ground. In the election is where you stand your ground. And quite frankly, if you are a conservative Republican, you work against the renomination of the people who go along with this kind of crap. You try and get somebody good. And by good, I mean not only agrees with you on the issue of spending and recognizes the folly of just maxing out every single credit card, but also is electable. There are a lot of crazy people out there who can get, as we evidenced last time, who can get nominated but can't win you got to be able to win. And it's not the policy positions. It is, are you a weirdo? Are you a lunatic? Are you somebody who dyed your skin blue thinking that antibiotics would go away on Y2K? Do you have a bunker in your backyard and do you advertise it proudly? Okay, you can have a bunker in your backyard, but you probably shouldn't make it a point of pride going around in your daily life. There are all sorts of things that where all you got to do, and Democrats have this problem too, all they got to do is act, is, is not act crazy. Trump suffers from this too, by the way. All you got to do is not be a douche, just for a little bit. Let people have a little bit of an exhale, and then they might be more interested in what you have to say, what you're selling. But if it's just you're a douche, and they go, all right, I'm forgetting. These. Maybe I'll hear what he has to say. And then you're a douche again. Like, all right, I can't stand it. 
I know. And there are Trump supporters going, Donald Trump is ahead in the polls. Congratulations. You got 50, 60% of the Republican base at this point in the uh, nominating process, nine months before anybody votes and 18 months before an election. That'll net you, I don't know, 30% of the popular vote. You'll lose at a record pace. Congratulations. If you aren't playing the long game, if you aren't looking towards the ultimate finish line and not just the next checkpoint, um, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. So be mad about this, but don't be surprised about the debt limit. This was always going to go this way. Kevin McCarthy made Joe Biden look weak and look feeble and exposed them as liars. He did get some concessions out of it. Nothing super great, but some is more than none. But throughout the entire process, at the beginning, for months, Joe Biden, I'm not negotiating. I will not negotiate. I will not negotiate. And then he came and negotiated. He ultimately did. It wasn't much of a negotiation, but it never was going to be much of a negotiation. The truth and reality sometimes never intersect. So there's my two cents on this whole fiasco. And we'll learn more about it as we go. We always do. But it is one of those things where you just sit there and you say, I just put this behind us. Because yes, it dominates the news. But I promise you, I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, there isn't a single human being who gives a flying rip about this in the grand scheme of things. This will not influence anyone's vote anywhere. And you can say, well, I'll never vote for the Kevin McCarthy. Okay, yeah, sure, fine. And then you get a concept. Your concept of some other person turns into some radical leftist. And you go, okay, am I going to vote for the Republican or I'm going to vote for the radical? I'll vote for the Republican I hate. That's why primaries matter. But you've got to be a little more discerning in the primaries so you get good candidates, not people who agree with you exclusively, but people who agree with you the most who are good candidates. Anyway, that's about enough for today. I've had, uh, I went to the urgent care on Saturday. I haven't, I've been on a, a liquid diet. I'm slowly now able to eat like whipped potatoes and stuff. I'm doing it slowly. Just been eating jello and drinking juice, digestive issues that will hopefully clear up soon. So prayers are appreciated on that, if you don't mind. The winner of the autographed book, the Luke Rosiak book, is what he chose, is Stephen Roberts. Stephen, you got a message from me if you haven't responded yet. Send me your address. And that means that we have a new entrant in this, and the crowd goes wild. And this is actually one, uh, Brian Kilmeade returns with The Games Do Count, America's Best and Brightest on the Power of Sports. And he is joined by a Hall of Famer. If you're in the Maryland area or just a fan of football, you will appreciate this. Ray Lewis, I Feel Like Going On, Life, Game, and Glory by Ray Lewis, Baltimore Raven Hall of Famer, autographed by him. He's got a kind of a chicken scratch autograph, but when you're signing thousands of them, you kind of just go with the chicken scratch. Uh, but both are certified genuine autographs. You can enter to win at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter dot locals dot com. Um, appreciate all the support. Glad you, you enjoy. And I like all the conspiracy or not conspiracy theories, the theories behind 
where that damn towel came from if you listen to the uh, Week in Effin review. I still, I don't know. I don't know who brought it. Nobody said, hey, did you, did I leave a towel? Over? Nope. Maybe I'll ask. But it's weird. You have to, yeah, if you don't know, you don't know. And that's why you got to go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast and sign up for a week trial. One week free. Give it a shot. And enter the contests while you're there. All right. That's it. Go, well, I'm going to go back to, uh, cooking food for my family since I I could eat it. The doctor said I could eat it, but I'm taking it to the extreme because I want this to be over. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs>